What is up, everybody? We are back with another show. This is the second podcast in a row where I have some news t- to talk about at the start and then the game to recap. This time, the Timberwolves won their summer league game, so it's going to be a little more entertaining to cover that game against the Hornets today. The, they beat the Hornets 89-86 to and nail-biter at the end. Um, so we'll talk about that after I talk about us giving Josh Minot a four-year, $6.8 million contract. Let's hop right into the show. So I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast, but I do know I talked about it in some video form. Um, basically, what I was, what I said about Minot was like, I'd be happy either way. You know, I'd be happy if we gave him an NBA deal, and I'd be happy if we put him on two-way. I think there's, you know, big upsides to both. With the NBA deal, he can still play in the G League, but he won't be there as much. He'll be with the NBA team more. And with that NBA team and him being around the team, you know, it, it just gives him more insight in what the NBA daily life is and just hanging around, you know, these, these players and, you know, he'll he'll play more on the team, like in actual games. Um, I'm, I'm assuming he's mostly going to be in crap minutes in his first year, maybe a rotational rebounder or like energy piece at points, but he won't get too much run in his first year, I would assume, unless he can actually like, I mean, it's very possible that he could honestly show out. Um, we'll see what happens, but you know, the NBA deal, it's a very cheap contract. It's four years, $6.8 million. This is pretty similar. I think it's about the same as what Nas Reed and Jalen Noel got, and we know how good those contracts look right now. So Minot will not be making any like at any point over $2 million per year on this deal. So this could become a very fantastic contract, and he could be a very fantastic role player for us if he develops properly, and I think he definitely could. Um I mean, just just the way he, I, I just with the way he plays and the energy he plays with, and the heart he has for the game, that gives me a lot of optimism that he will develop. And I think he's going to be somebody who puts the work in to develop things that he's not good at and develop things he is good at to an NBA level more. Um, but just all of that and the love he seems to have for the game, just by watching him these, you know, these five summer league games, I really feel like he is somebody that's going to develop into a nice player. And, you know, if we would have had him on the two-way deal, I mean, yeah, that would have been fine because, you know, you can play him in the G League as much as you want. He, he can still come up to the team. But, hey, I mean, this four-year contract is cheap. There's no really risk to it. The last two years of the deal are team options too. So, you know, say it doesn't work out at all and he just isn't producing and he's playing really bad and we just don't want to keep him, then we don't, we don't have to keep him long-term at all. You know, we're only – he's only got two guaranteed years in the contract – um, and even if he turns out to be not good, it's it's very low money. It's less than $2 million a year. It's not like he's making $10 million a year. Um, but the risk-to-reward ratio is it's just it's so small. It's it's more of a, a just a reward ratio that you can be getting with guys in these contracts, especially upside pieces like Josh Minot. And props to Connolly. I, I really think he just got another gem in the second round, you know, with – Denver, he landed probably four in the second round. Jokic, Morris, Vanderbilt, um, Conchar, I guess you could say too. And I think he just found his fifth maybe in Josh Minot. And from day one, I was always a fan of this pickup. And I'm still a fan of it, obviously. And he, and if we want to talk about the game today, which I will soon, he had the game-winning block in today's game. I mean, he's constantly throughout this whole summer league process been a really nice rebounder, versatile defender. Has shown inefficiency on the offensive side, but he's a young guy. That's expected. 
Um, but he's shown a lot of flash on the offensive end. He's even shown flash as a shooter. So I think this is a really nice job by Tim Connolly, Gupta, all those guys to get him on that four-year deal. Not expensive at all. And I'm excited to see what he can do over these, you know, hopefully four years. I think he'll play out all the four years with the Timberwolves because, again, like I've been saying, it's not going to cost a lot. And the Wolves are going to need players on these small contracts because we're going to have like most of our top guys making a ton of money. You know, Cat's making $50 million a year soon. Um, Gobert is in the $40 million range for the next four years. You have Anthony Edwards, who is still in his rookie contract, but he's going to get that big time you know, five-year, $200 million extension probably next offseason. Jane McDaniels is looking for an extension probably next offseason, probably like a four-year 80, like we just saw Keldon Johnson get for the Spurs yesterday. Um, And then DeAndre Russell, too. Maybe even Jalen Noel gets uh, some money soon. Like, it's going to be very good to have a guy like Minot on the roster producing that small, team-friendly contract. And... I mean, if we can continue, like if Connolly can continue to land second round picks like Minot, that's going to be so beneficial because, I mean, obviously what I think Connolly will do, he'll take, he's going to be taking a lot of swing picks in the second round. That makes a lot of sense to do. You're not taking any floor picks, like uh, any high floor guys in the second round when you don't have a first round pick. So you're taking guys like Josh Minot that you believe in that they could, you know, in some years drafts be a first round pick if, you know, because I mean, Minot. And next year's draft, if he stayed and developed in Memphis for another year, probably would have been a first-round pick. So we kind of got a future first-round pick, I guess you could say in some ways, in the second round. Um, but yeah, props to the Timberwolves staff. The Timberwolves now have 14 players on the ro- roster. Um, so we can fill one more spot up. I think we will. I, I, I don't think we're. I don't think we're done yet. And I, I don't know if we're done with the trades. I think it's. Kind of likely that we're done on the trade market. I mean, the only guy that I'm like, maybe there's a chance we could trade is Nas Reed, but I don't know. I, I kind of feel like he might stick here. Um, my gut tells me that he's probably not returning next year. I think this is this is most likely Nas Reed's last year, but we'll see. We'll see. I could be wrong for sure. Um, I, I guess it depends what kind of money he wants, and he could definitely want more than we're willing to pay him because I think some teams would pay him because he's a talented young center. Um but yeah, we'll see. I think we'll make another signing. Hopefully it's, you know, like some like DeMarcus Cousins. I've been talking about him a lot. If we got DeMarcus Cousins, I'd be so hyped up. But let's talk about the game that we just saw today against the Hornets. And it was a good game against the Hornets. And this is the last form of Wolves basketball that we will see until preseason. And the preseason schedules recently came out, by the way. Um, the first preseason game this year is October 4th against the Heat. So yeah, we got, you know, a few months left until then. So it was cool that Summer League was kind of like in the middle of both of those things, like the end of the season and the start of the next year. So we got to see a little bit, you know, type of form of Wolves basketball. But today it was kind of an entertaining game at the end. It was a really boring game to watch in the first half. The Wolves were not performing well at all. Nobody on our team could hit a three. I think we were like 0 for 10 at one point. Um, And we were down by 14 at a point. And it was just... You know, nobody was really creating. You know, it was a lot of turnovers, really sloppy play. I think we had like 20 points in the first 15 or so minutes. Like, it was really bad. Um, but then we started to come back. A lot of, you know, stuff from Wendell Moore. Kavon Harris was a big reason why. And I'll talk about Kavon Harris potentially 
and maybe he should get that two last two-way spot. Um, but we really came back. We had a big like 17-2 run in the third quarter, mainly led by Kevon Harris and some other guys, and it helped us secure the win. It got way too close at the end. We were up by 10 with a minute, minute and two left, and oh my gosh, so many flashbacks that Grizzlies series when we blew those leads were starting to come back when we were blowing that lead. And it was there was a lot of boneheaded decisions. Wendell Moore had a terrible decision. Um, there was like, I can't remember how much time, maybe 20, 30 seconds left. Probably like 17 actually. He had the ball in the fast break in transition. Some guys were around him. So it was by no means an easy layup that he attempted. It was a tough layup, tough, you know, tough shot in transition. He missed it, obviously. What he should have done is just tried to dribble away from those guys um, and drain clock. But we'll see over time if he can. I think he noticed noticed right away that because he kind of seemed upset after he missed it. Obviously, I mean you'd be upset if he missed a shot, but he seemed pretty upset with himself after he made that decision. Um, so it's good that he's acknowledging that thing, that stuff. But there's some really bad decisions at the end of that game. Um, but we took we took it away with the win. And Josh Minot, he got the game winning block. I can't remember who he blocked. I think it may have been J T Thor. Um, I would have to watch the video of it again. It was either him or Bryce. I think it was Bryce McGowan's actually number. Yeah, number seven. And I believe Bryce McGowan's is number seven. Um, that was a big time block. He like palmed the ball with his whole hand. In the block. He is a super athletic. Just I mean, just he's a super versatile defender. I think he can defend a lot of spots. And I mean, overall, Minot had twelve points, five rebounds. Two steals, two blocks, and five of eight shooting. Today, I mean, we they were talking about the broadcast too. We we kind of saw more of like a Jared Vanderbilt esque type role that he was playing, and I think offensively he can do what Jared Vanderbilt did. But I think Minot has the upside to be a more talented offensive piece for sure. I think already his hands and you know coordination with the ball in his hands are already better than what Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's was and obviously that was a really big negative to Jared Vanderbilt's game when he was here um, but Minot has shown the ability to hit threes he was 0 of 1 for today but he went 3 of 5 yesterday and I think in game 1 against the Nuggets in that win he also had a pretty nice 3 point performance that was his big 22 point game um, but I think overall his role is going to be kind of similar to Jared Vanderbilt's and what he was but I think He's a faster and a more athletic version. Um, maybe not as talented a defender or rebounder, but he's, you know, projectively kind of close in those areas. But I think it's a good comparison. It's not a perfect comparison, but just the general play style of those two guys is kind of the same. Wendell Moore, you know, he had some bad decisions late. He was also hitting clutch free throws, though. 15 points, 5 rebounds, 4-12 shooting. And he is the other rookie to ink up a contract, the four-year contract with the Wolves. I think I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast before. I don't think I did because I was on vacation when he signed his contract. I mean, this was expected, though, a four-year $11 million. Um, but an okay game from him. He also had a steal and a block. But Kavon Harris, definitely the player of the game, didn't have the best first half, but he came absolutely alive in the third quarter. And he was drilling threes in the fourth quarter. I think he hit three threes in the fourth. He ended the game 4-4 four four from three, 23 points, three boards, one assist, 9 of 11 from the field. He was not missing. 
did have a handful of turnovers, though, seven turnovers. I think a lot of those were in the first half when he was not performing too well. Um, but he really took over. Definitely the best player on the court for us. Either I mean, Matt Lewis also had a really nice game. Matt Lewis was one of the top players from our G League team last year. Uh, he had 19 points, four rebounds, two assists on 7-14 shooting. But hey, talking about Kavon Harris, I mean, with my not getting that NBA deal, and presumably Nathan Knight's going to be on that first two-way deal, I mean, we tendered the two-way offer to him. I, I still don't know for sure if he can take offers from other teams, and maybe there's a chance that if we can't land somebody else, we'll have Nathan Knight uh, signed to an NBA deal, which I would not mind. I'd be cool with that, I guess, if we really can't get anybody else. Because, I mean, that's another guy that you can really get on a cheap contract that has upside. Um, but it's looking like we'll have an open two-way spot for sure. I mean, we do have an open two-way spot. And Kavon Harris should probably be the front runner to get that. I think he's... You know, it, just, it makes a lot of sense. I think he's a guy who... If you have injuries or, you know, I don't know if COVID's going to be a massive thing in the NBA next year with guys getting it. I remember, I mean, you guys remember it was, oh, uh, was it? I think, yeah, because it was like around Christmas and stuff. All of our guys were getting COVID. And we had that game against the Celtics where it was like, you know, McLaughlin, Noel, McDaniels, Nathan Knight. Like, we had so many guys out. And it's possible that stuff can happen. So you need some talented two-way guys that are capable of coming in. I think Kevon Harris has a few NBA caliber games um, in him per year. So, and, and you know, Kevon Harris is a guard. I, I think it'd be kind of weird if you had two big guys on your two-way spots. So that's why I would definitely prefer Kevon Harris over Dave McCormick. But overall, I'd still prefer, prefer Kevon Harris over McCormick. I remember talking in that first podcast after the win against the Nuggets, like over a week ago, I was like, oh, maybe you, you know, look at, Dave McCormick for this two-way spot. And I wasn't even thinking about Kevon Harris, even though he had a pretty solid game. Um, but Dave McCormick has not impressed me. He just doesn't really look like an NBA player uh, to me and a guy that deserves a two-way spot. Uh, McCormick is probably going to be on the Iowa Wolves next year unless some of our team signs him. But I believe, since he's on our summer league team right now, um, I believe he'll be on our, our Iowa Wolves team, but we'll see. I don't know for sure. But I think you got to give Kevon Harris that two-way deal. Um, I think he, he deserves it somewhere. Um, I don't know if he's really on an NBA deal type level, but I think he'd be a super solid option on that two-way deal. And he has really, you know, earned it with his summer league play. I mean, he has been the Timberwolves' best summer league player by far and the most consistent over the five games. All right, enough of that talk. Now, I'm going to talk about a fun segment, and this is the stuff that I did with you guys on Instagram. I put out a followers top 10 Timberwolves of all time Google form, and a lot of you guys, hundreds of you guys, filled out forms, um, and I took the <clears throat> the consensus top 10 ranking, um, like through a programming, and I, I made my own top 10 Timberwolves of all time list too. Um, so all this stuff, your guys' top 10 first. At number one, Kevin Garnett. Two Kevin, I mean, uh, two Carl Anthony Towns. Three Kevin Love. Three Wally Caesarback. I know I can't say his name. Caesarback. I, I really can't. Five Andrew Wiggins. Six Ricky Rubio. Another guy's name I can't say here. Tom Gugolito. I really I don't know why I can't, but I just can't say his name. Eight Sam Mitchell. 
9 Christian Leitner, and 10 Anthony Edwards. I did not put Anthony Edwards in my top 10. Um, my top 10 is Kevin Garnett, Carl Anthony Towns, Kevin Love, Wally Caesarback, Andrew Wiggins, Ricky Rubio, Tom Guglito, Christian Leitner, Sam Mitchell, and Stephon Marbury. Um, I have Marbury over Ant. He played one more year with the team. Um, he was more of a distributor and point contributor throughout his time, and he equated for more points per game. I mean, not more points per game, but I mean, kind of more points per game when you count, you know, because he averaged like 16 and 8 assists, which is really impressive. Um, Ant's been averaging 20 and 3 assists, so I would take 16 and 8 over 20 and 3. Um, but yeah, I think Kevin Garnett is the easy one for both sides. You don't even have to, you know, really talk about that. I mean, he's a one-time MVP, played 14 years with the team, um, like 10-time All-Star with the team, all, you know, all-defensive player, all-NBA player tons of times. Carlton Towns for sure over Kevin Love, in my opinion, and you guys picked that also. There wasn't too many people that picked Kevin Love over Cat, and I'm happy about that. I mean... Cat's played one more year. He's made in one more All-NBA team. Um, they both went to the same amount of All-Star games, I believe. I think maybe Kevin Love might have one more of those, um, but I'm not too sure. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's definitely not a good list of top 10. I mean, not, it's, I think it's a good form list, but the names are like, ugh, Sam Mitchell's really like that high for us all time. You know, Stephen Marbury played three years, and he's really you know, top 10, top 11, like, obviously our franchise need needs to be better, um, and it's going to be. I This is what I was thinking about the other day. So our projected starting five for next year is DeAndre Russell, Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels, Carl Anthony Towns, and Rudy Gobert. I think in even five years you could say this, but I, I'd say in 10 years, I think all those guys are top 10 all time for the Wolves. I really think so. I think DeAndre Russell is very close to it. D'Lo has three years with the team. I'd say he's maybe a, a really nice year or two away from really getting considered in that top 10. I think Ant's for, I mean, he's for sure going to be top 10, even like two years. Um, you guys already have him top 10. You know, obviously Cat's already, you know, top two. Maybe he can fight with Garnett at some point for that number one spot. Same with Ant. Um, but Rudy Gobert, I'd say give him five years with the team. He, he's probably going to win a depoy with us at some point, and hopefully we can win a championship, and I think he's for sure top 10. He's going to make some All-NBA teams and All-Star teams. Um, but I think this team has five of those top 10 guys, and maybe even more if you can, you know, maybe Jalen Noel wins a six-man of the year and just goes crazy for a few years. Um, but it's a fun list to think about. I think I might put out... Once our roster is full, like say we sign somebody else, I think close to the season, I'll put out another form for you guys voting for the top 15 players on the team. We'll see though. Um, I still haven't decided if I want to do that yet, um, but I definitely wouldn't do that right now because I just did the top 10 players one uh, July 8th, and that was eight days ago. Um, that was pretty cool. But yeah, thank you guys for listening. Still waiting to get this stuff on YouTube. I still have not got the stuff in the mail that I'm looking for. I think that's coming next week. Um, I was I was expecting this week, but it's coming late for some reason. But yeah, be ready to look out for that. And I will see you guys soon. Peace.